The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye, as though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I ever heard in all my life.
brush your teeth and out the door Top dancing daddy got to hit the streets again So I tap my feet till this gravity It pounds, it beats me to the ground Tap Dancing Daddy by Taylor Hollinsworth. We're going to get on with the show. Let me know when, boss. Let's do it. Ah. Welcome you to another episode of Porch Talk. we got an untapped in vinyl. Oh, and you got all head in your glass, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stay. Stay. Oh. Uh, Salvaged it. It's a little heady. So what do we got going on here, Monk? Got Terrapin, Hopsecutioner. Uh, I would say, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a, I mean, I've drank a lot of Terrapin. I don't know if this is their, uh, their hoppiest, but uh, definitely a solid IPA. Um, Simcoe, Amarillo, Cascade, Centennial, Warrior Hops. So it's very hopped up. Yeah, I think this is their one. This is their one what? This, it's got all kind of. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's multiple hops. Yeah. Cool. I have nothing against hops, especially that Simcoe hops. The Simcoe hops, if you ever drink like a, like a single hop Simcoe, it's it's one of my favorite hops uh, aside from like say the Centennial or the Citra, but it's like um, has kind of a musty underarm kind of flavor to it, but mm-hmm. it's so very good. I don't know, just this dankness that I like about it. I don't know. So, And I haven't had a hop executioner in a great long while. So This is my first time. Really? Yeah, and so uh, what we got is we have a 12-pack sampler of the Terrapin, and so we're going to work our way from the heaviest down to the lowest. I think uh, it's on. I think it's better for us. <laughs> better for us or better for everybody listening. A little bit of both. Might get a little more entertaining. I think I'm like you, though. I think the Citra might be my favorite. I'm familiar with that Senko now that you said it. yeah. it's like an armpit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there are so many variations of hops. I mean, there's probably, I don't know, I, mean, I wouldn't even venture to guess how many different variations of hops or different kinds of hops there are, but, I mean, it's in the hundreds uh, for sure, if not thousands, I don't know. And it seems like, man, every time you turn around, somebody's doing something new with something else. Oh, yeah, adding some shit to it that hadn't been in it before, you know. Hemp. Throwing some pepper. Oh, I see now I can't get down with the hemp beers. I just can't do it, man. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 not that I have anything against pot. I'm not a pot smoker typically. Um, I've ventured out many times, but I just don't like the I, – I don't mind the flavor like the Hemperator. Uh, by New Belgium. I don't mind the flavor, mm-hmm. but the aftertaste. 
is what I don't like. Yeah, it's like you still got a joint in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, or like I drank bong water, and I don't, it's just not down with that, you know? That's a pretty good example. <laughs> I think the only hint one I had, that was the impression I had. I was like, I feel like I just turned the bong up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> without, the, without the feeling yeah. that you would get from drinking bong yeah. water, you know? <laughs> yeah, at least I don't feel sick. Yeah, so... Starting, I mean, what is this? What's the ABV on this? Like seven or something? Um, seven point three. Seven. There you go. You got you got good eyeballs. I got old eyeballs. Yeah, man. I was, I was gonna have to grab the glasses for a minute. All right, there's your untapped portion. We will be trying different uh, terrapin IPAs all throughout, but I want to go ahead and break before we stepped off into vinyl with uh, Black Betty. This is Poor Kids Millennium.
So Matt, for uh, for this, we are we're at the end of November. We got Thanksgiving coming up in a couple of days, and um, I don't think this will be the last time that we get together before the end of the year. No, man, definitely. But I wanted to spend some time, and we can talk about it again the next time we get together. Is just recapping the year for uh, uh, some of the most memorable shows that we've seen, and uh, just some of the best albums of the year to us. Yeah, um, man. Best shows, like I mean, I haven't seen as many shows as I as I would like to or as I normally do um, this year. I think probably one of the highlights for me was the Lucero Block Party in Memphis back in April because it ended up getting rained out and everybody came inside and did an acoustic set. So I got a chance to uh, there we go. I got a chance to see Will Hogue acoustic, which um, always just phenomenal. One of my favorite songwriters. Um, I got a chance to see Charlie Starr from Blackberry Smoke acoustic, which was very cool. I mean, that's, I mean, I know Blackberry Smoke have played acoustic gigs, but to see just him play yeah. his guitar was phenomenal. Of course, Ben from Lucero, Austin Lucas was there at the show as well. Um, yeah, that was a really cool show. I really enjoyed the Druid City Music Festival this year. Yeah, um, so getting, that was number two with Blackberry. Yeah, yeah, and getting yeah. to meet them. Yep. Yes, and finally getting to meet them after so many times of being in radio and interviewing Charlie Starr. Over the and, phone. Yeah, and then going to see, I mean, shit, in what, uh, 2015 or 16, I saw them three times in one year, you know, um, between Meridian, Birmingham, and Albertville, Alabama. Um, getting to see Blackberry Smoke, so finally getting a chance to meet them. Very humble group of guys. I, I thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with them for the very short period of time that I did. Um, and then, of course, hanging out with Lee Baines and the Glory Fires. That was a, a, definitely a highlight of announcing the Druid City Music Festival. And then I would say cap it off my shows. I couldn't you know, go on without saying the Bourbon and Beyond Music Festival in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, and so that was back late September. Right? Uh, Early October. Sure. Yeah, yeah, got, no, September. Yeah, I believe September. Yeah, so right. it was like uh, still last, hot as hell. Last yeah. time we got up, that you were getting ready to go. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I was excited about Nathaniel Rateliff being there. Nathaniel Rateliff was really cool. Um, I had seen him before in Tupelo. He did a free show over there. Yeah, a little uh, jealous. A couple, yeah, a couple years ago. But Leon Bridges was a standout. Um, He's good, man. I've man. seen him. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. But what's crazy to me is um, his uh, first album, I can't remember the name of it. It's got a red background with just him on it. Mm-hmm. That album was a banger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the turnaround, it didn't have but one or two songs. I think Beyond was the hit, and it had one other song that I was just crazy about. But other than that, it was a miss for me. Yeah, and I'm about worn out on that Beyond song, too. Yeah, it gets played out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I mean, he put on a great live show, very good personality. But I think truly the highlight, and it sounds weird to say because, I mean, shit, John Fogarty was there, Foo Fighters were there, um, Zach Brown Band was there. Lots of big bands, but the highlight for me, the coolest band of the whole time, yeah. was Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, dude got into the crowd, and the, he gave the girl this girl uh, a microphone, and she started telling a story about how she had that, the song Home played at her wedding and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and like what the song meant to her life and what it meant to her marriage, and Edward Sharp started crying. And like started playing the song, got everybody singing. He just like walked around in the crowd and was like singing with everybody. It was just this real, intimate um, or, moment real with... organic, you yeah. know, intimate thing. I mean, the way they had us kind of um, sectioned off at this festival, um, the VIP was in their own little section right next to the stage where all of us who didn't want to pay a thousand dollars were kind of hanging back, you know, uh-huh. 
40 yards from the stage, you know, but it was still very cool. Edward Sharp, um, definitely that was the highlight of the whole thing. And I didn't realize I liked the Foo Fighters as much as I did until I saw them live. I was going to ask you, what are, what is your thoughts on uh, Foo Fighters? Because, like, latest headline I saw uh, was uh, Dave Grohl admitting that they are dad rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a dad, so I guess that's uh, – I guess that makes sense, but I don't. I mean, I don't. Wouldn't say they were dad rock, you know. I wouldn't say I mean, it just because they're probably all fathers or whatever. But, um, but yeah, they did a lot of stuff that I didn't know, which is really cool because I've not ventured out into the Foo Fighters enough. Mm-hmm. I know the shit that we play on the, the radio, hits, you know, yeah. the hits. Yeah, so it was really cool to hear some of their other stuff. Um, uh, John Fogerty was another standout, but John Fogerty played about two hours too long. Um, I mean, I really appreciate it, but I heard every CCR song he ever wrote. That uh, <laughs> it was like, just after the end of two hours where everybody like, did he finally like, get to where like being a musician was uh, worth it? Because like the record company got him cut him so hard when they was CCR that yeah. I think the story goes like they really never made any money. Well, I mean that's that's I'm sure they are I'm now. sure they're making bank now. Yeah. yeah, I mean he ain't got to do shit else the rest of his life. But yeah, I mean it, it went on a little too long because this year was the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. And, you know, you, you watch the, um, the Woodstock documentary and you listen to the Woodstock record that came out, uh-huh. the three record set, but you never hear of half the bands that were really there, you know? You know, you don't hear that CCR played Woodstock. The Grateful Dead played Woodstock. Mm-hmm. But late at night, because Grateful Dead, CCR went on after Grateful Dead, and I don't think Grateful Dead played till like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and then CCR came on, because he talked about that. That first bit. Woodstock was insane. They had like... Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, he played at like eight o'clock in the morning. Yep, nobody yep. was there. Yep. And then uh, Santana, you know, that was his first thing, and mm-hmm. like he didn't even have a good time spot. Yeah. But you look at it; it was the first time, and um, like the story behind that with the farmers like allowing the folks to use the yeah. land. And yeah, like, Max Yasger was the farmer. Mm-hmm. It was his land up in uh, upstate New York, and you know, you think about Melanie; that was her very first gig. Crosby, Stills, Nash, that was their very first gig was playing Woodstock. As you imagine, in front of 400,000 people. I don't, I don't think at any one given time 400,000 people were there, but yeah, you know, just, I mean, throughout the course of this whole thing, crazy yeah. to play to that many people. I mean, who the hell are you really going to see but the first you know, seven or eight rows, really? You, know? you don't see this field, <laughs> sea of people. Well, maybe you did in the daytime, I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know if I could have done it. You know, I could get on stage and announce in front of you know, five 6,000 people, Give me a couple beers. I'm good, you know. But to get up there and play your very first gig in front of 400,000 people, take some oomph, you know. For sure. But, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So, so Bourbon and Beyond, that was, those were probably my three big highlights. Um, records. I mean, go ahead and t- talk about your favorite shows this year that you've caught. You caught a lot recently, I know. Yeah, it's, uh, man, it was, it looked like this past couple of days it was going to be five days in a row it started on Wednesday yeah with, uh, Anna, who did I catch Wednesday night oh it was at the Princess it was uh, Gibson's band uh, yeah. skipping the deadlifters yeah and then Pontiac Arrest and uh, Night Surf and I, I need to send you the tracks that uh, Night Surf gave me. Oh, yes, they're definitely. Good, they're good for Indies yeah. only. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and we're about to wrap up where the record company shut themselves down So for the, the holiday season. So I won't be getting, like, new music. Okay. I'll be playing older stuff. And and now, you were, at, were you at Lily, Lily Hyatt? Yes. I would say that was definitely a highlight show, too. Lily Hyatt and her band at Sunstroke House I'm still Columbus. spinning that vinyl. I mean, I, that record is phenomenal. I mean, I listened to that record, uh, Trinity Lane. I listened to it before... I got there and I thought this is a really great record. But when I got the vinyl 
I mean, it literally it stayed. changed everything. Yeah. Man. Oh man. I mean, there's something about it on vinyl. And after seeing her and meeting her and kind of half-ass getting to know her, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was so cool, and the music was great. That was a highlight, man. Just over the year, I'm thinking, like, last night, uh, I went up to Memphis. I, yeah. I went to go catch uh, Black Betty. That is uh, Josh Cosby. Um, he's uh, in Star and Massey. They've been mm-hmm. around the Memphis band 15 years yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, And uh, it's just a little solo project he had been wanting to do. And this was his third show with all the equipment, and it was so interesting, man, because... Um, a buddy of mine down in Gulf Shores, he does a similar thing, but he does it through loops. Yeah. And he's got a looping station, and so he'll strum a little bit and get that rhythm, and he'll set that, and then he'll come yeah. back, pat the guitar, he'll set that, mm-hmm. and then he'll come in, he'll do like a little bass line off the top two strings of the guitar, and then he'll take his rhythm out and play rhythm while he sings, and yeah, then he's yeah. got everything set. Yeah. But Josh has got um, a suit cu- suitcase with a kick running into a rolling uh, pad, mm-hmm. little kick pad. Yeah, yeah. And like he's got his little MIDI controller, uh, pad controller, and then just the whole little, like what you're talking about, a station. And I was talking with him before the show. I was like, give me the rundown. Yeah. I was like, yeah. how are you controlling all this? He's like, to be honest, it's third time. Um, I need some good feedback. Yeah. <laughs> on this. Yeah. He's like, I'm a little. I'm well, still figuring it out. The little 30-second clip you put on Instagram was cool. I dug that, you know? Dude, it's good. And it's, mean, it's a hell of an album. And it's, it's six tracks, so literally 25 minutes, you've listened to the entire thing, and it is so good. Yeah. And it it covers a lot of heavy ground, man. Two songs is uh, um, Divorce, and then one he wrote to his wife. It's about marriage and vows, and one was written to his mother. And then uh, Black Betty, the reason he calls it that, that's his dog. Mm-hmm. And so the last song on the track is called Alone, and it's just through the eyes of his dog. Yeah. And so anybody wow. who's a pet lover, you know, could kind of attach themselves to that song. Yeah. And so in Poor Kids Millennia, that's the song that you heard. Yep. That's just about growing up poor in a trailer park. Yeah, gotcha. And so it's just a, it's a heart-filled album. Yeah, very and it's, cool. it's one of my favorite albums that come out. It literally just came out like three weeks ago. Yeah. And so uh, I was happy to go up there. I got to meet David um, Newbold. And uh, he's Canadian, man. He does like a Canadian Americana. Mm-hmm. Loved his songwriting. Loved his songs. It was good to meet him. He's in Nashville now. He's going to come on the show. Cool. Very and cool. So, um, so, I, so the Canadian Americana or what they're doing up there is, I mean, how's it different from what we're doing or what everybody's doing down here? It's, it's not much different than yeah. this. It's, it's just like Ameri- American Americana. I was, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, gotcha. Uh, I really liked his voice and uh, the dude's passion, man. If you get a chance, I posted a video up of... Uh, I think I love you too much is the name of the song mm-hmm. I posted up and dude it's a song that uh, he's like it's weird to say this but I wrote this song about I wasn't even a dad yet but I already wrote it about the kid I was gonna have one day or so I thought yeah. and he said so the stakes were high yeah 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 <laughs> and he was telling the story about the song so uh, it it was a good show what's the cat's name again? David Newbold Newbold okay I guess to try and answer the question between Canadian and American Americana um, I really had to wait until I talked with David again when we meet in 2020. Um, but here is Sin and Redemption. This is off of his album, Sin and Redemption. So uh, I'll let you be the judge. <laughs>
Now, as far as records are concerned, I definitely, and I don't know about Trinity Lane. I don't know if that came out this year or if it came out end of last year. It was this year. That's a phenomenal record. Definitely on top of my list. Um, I'm a huge fan, and Jamie Nettles, uh, who runs Sunstroke, she and I have talked about it many times. We're both massive fans of Big Thief, and their record, Two Hands, came out. Um, I don't believe it's as good as the UFOF that they put out last year, Mm -hmm. which was ended being like in my top two of best records of last year. But this one here, definitely in my top five. Uh, It's a great record, and I've recently been getting into this band. You need to check out. Um, They're called Iguana Death Cult. Iguana Death Cult. Yes, I've been playing them on Indies Only. Um, The new record is called Nude Casino. It is phenomenal. They're from like the Ukraine or somewhere. Somewhere crazy. Um, uh, I'm totally wrong on that. I mean, they're from someplace (laughs) other than the United States, but um, someplace you don't normally hear about a whole lot. But those guys are phenomenal, man. It's like this, I I really, it's like this jangly, all over the road, half spoken, half sung. just fucking cool rock and roll. So. Is it like storytelling rock and roll? Kind no, of? no. Well, yeah, I mean, he's telling stories, but it's like crazy. It's, yeah, you got to just check, check out, out Iguana Death Cult. Yeah. Iguana Death Cult. Yeah, definitely one of the, the artists that I've uh, attached myself to. And this Anna Tivill that played, um, is it Tivill? Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? Okay. That new record she's got out. Banger. Freaking phenomenal. Her show the other night over at Sunstroke House. Ended with a sing-along. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I only got to see kind of portions of the show because it was so packed in there. I couldn't even get close. I never saw both singers at the same time. I always just saw one of them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, just kind of peeking I, yeah, I, yeah, I was like leaning over just to see in the room. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. didn't get in there, you wouldn't get in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know why. I guess I was running my mouth or whatever and didn't get in there to get a, uh, or eating some of their... Uh, the homemade ginger snap cookies with ice cream. It's <laughs> always what happens to me. I'll be out there on the porch running my mouth, and the next thing I know, the show's starting. I'll be like, well, yeah. I didn't tell nobody Damn to save me a seat. No. <laughs> yeah, I typically try to save you a seat, but I didn't get there in time this yeah. time. So. And so it was Maya DeVitri, and uh, mm-hmm. so her Kickstarter uh, kicked off like the day after Sunstroke House, and so she'll be able to put out her second album. So awesome. That's, that's Very great. cool. I mean, I just don't, I don't know, man. I'm, I guess growing up in the music business like I have or growing up in radio like I have, um, you know, the want to, to start a record label to, to find talent like that and wonder why they got to start up Kickstarters and they don't have somebody just immediately go, come on, I'm going to put your record out, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I got to do to put this record out because your music is fantastic. Kind of like the Fat Possum thing with the Hill Country. Yeah, you know, it's like... I don't know, man. I, I, you think there's be a lot of skepticism on it, though, right? Just think about that old black cat. You know, he's like, that white man using you guys. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I mean, and I guess, too, the way it goes now, I mean, you have a lot of artists starting up their own labels, or they will put out their records on their own labels under their own label name mm-hmm. just to kind of cut out the middleman and not have to worry about all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean... Technically, you're really not on a record label if you look at it like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't know. It's um, but I mean I don't know. In all my years in radio, I've, I've always it's been a dream of mine. But I don't know where to start. You know, I can find the talent. That's not a problem. It's that's around me all the time. Mm-hmm. But just getting that record label going and putting out the. I mean, I would love to hang out with somebody like, you know, Elliot, who runs Cornelius Chapel Records. You know, Elliot from the Dexatines. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love just hang out and just how the hell do you do this? Or John Paul White, you know, who Absolutely. runs Single Lock and just like, well, show me what, show me the ropes. I want, that's what I want to do. Yeah, you what know? does it mean to be a producer? Yeah. You know, what's it mean to, to go out and hunt the talent and sign them? What do you have to do to sign them, put their records out, who you got to talk to? You know, I mean, I would love to get into all that stuff. 
who uh I don't know if you know uh who produced the Britney Howard uh solo album? I do Was that Isbel or White? One of the two. I think she did it here in Alabama, did she not? Really? I don't I never heard anything about Isbel producing. I mean maybe uh John Paul, but I don't I don't know. I think Isbel's got a You have to GTS that. Let's do that. I mean in the record, like I had a chance to I got it in, the record label sent it, ATO did. And I listened to it. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm a Shakes purist. I've gotten to, gotten to know the Shakes over, you know, hosting a couple shows they've done. And it's just so different. And I don't really know how I feel about it, honestly. It grew on me. Yeah, did it? Yeah. The Stay High song definitely grew up on me. ATO Records. Yes, ATO Records. But who produced it? Did you say it was Isbel? Mm-mm. Oh, you were talking about label-wise? Mm-hmm. That would South- be Sean Everett out in California, so okay. nothing to do about okay. that. Okay, so, so you were, you were thinking it was either Single Lock or if it was uh, yeah, cause I, um, what su- it, a Southeastern. Was it, uh, it was Isabel that took um, St. Paul and the Broken Bones under his wings, right, and cut them. That's Single Lock, too. That's John yep. Paul White? Yep, yep. Okay. Yep. Am I right on that? Well, let's find out. Well, I can go grab the St. Paul record. <laughs> I think it's Single Lock, though. Yeah, hang on. Entertain, Alan, while I go look at the record. All right, so we're entertaining. We are, uh, while we're doing that, we might as well get another beer, too. <laughs> and I am not digging this one, man. You're not? No. Uh, this might be the worst IPA I've ever had. Really? I don't huh. like it. Okay. All right. You know, maybe, maybe there's just too many kids in the pool. There's a lot of damn hops six in there. Six different ones. Is it six or seven? Six. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven? Seven, sir. Yes. Gee. All right, what are we going for next? Oh, whatever uh, Whatever you feel in there. Just not that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to go for it. So was it single lock? Uh, no, shit, I didn't ever get to it. <laughs> Can you still hear me? Yeah. Thank you, sir. Senor Crunkles, tropical IPA. Oh, I like this for sure. That's going to have the citra in it a bit. It's got to. It's got to have citra in it. Every good tropical floral hop beer has to have citrate in it. All right, so we've stepped down to six and a half. Oh, no. <laughs> tropical agave. You know, I mean, I guess I was, I was okay with the uh, hop executioner until you said something. I will admit to uh, telling a story here. Um, one time, went to the store, didn't have a whole big selection. I bought a six-pack of the Hopsecutioner, and I was glad when I got through with it. It's not a bad IPA. Um, it's a good drinkable IPA. Yeah, I think if I had another, it would be okay, but we got a sampler here, and I'm ready to get off of it. We'll come back later. Thank God there's only one left. Mm. That is the truth. So now we're going for Senor Crunkles, uh, Tropical Aguave IPA. Um, I've had some crunkles before. They've got a couple different variations of the crunkles. No Typically, head this time. no head this time. Now, that may be where you screwed up. You poured that bad boy the wrong way. There you go. Lean into it. <laughs> lean, lean into it. <laughs> lean into pouring that damn bad. All right, so we're on Brittany Howard's record. Yes, I've got to mark that as as one that is memorable for the year, dude. For really? Two, for two okay. reasons. Okay. All right. Two reasons. Hit me is uh, like you, man, I'm a huge Shake fan. Yeah. And I don't understand, and I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if the Shakes are just on hiatus for the moment while she does a solo. Yeah. But after sitting down with that, I bought the I bought the album. Yeah. After sitting down with it and riding around, it's grown on me, man. I, I like it. 
Well, maybe I need to spend a little more time with it. I think so, man. I think it's worth it. Yeah. Like um, that, that, the first single that she put out, the really weird one. Uh-huh. Stay High. Oh, I love that song. It grew. It's grown on me. Yeah. Yes, because I play it on, on Indies Only. Um, first time I heard it, I was like, ooh, what? Because the video is really cool. It's got that Terry Crews dude. Yeah. Like he's getting off work and stuff. And Brittany Howard's kind of, she's played a cameo in a thing. But it's really cool. Uh, and I guess that kind of did it. when I, Once I saw the video, I was like, okay, you know, it's a good feel-good song, you know? Now that's good. Now, you like that? That's better. All right. Terrapin out of Athens, Georgia. Senior Crunkles. It's a lot better than uh, your Hops Kuchner. Yep. That's good and floral. I don't see where they uh, listed the... It says, where in the world is the Crunkles? What the hell is a Crunkle? I don't know what that is. Prickly pear and a guave nectar. Complement a soft, juicy hoppiness and our newest ode to the traveling brewer. A fruited IPA. Yeah, I mean, that's it's solid. Yeah. I mean, this is like a... I could see myself hanging out by the pool. Most people, you know, they'd be like wanting to grab some... Uh, I, so, if you're going to be out there at the pool, I know what you're going to have in your hand. Have me a ghost starts, machine. Starts with a ghost and ends with a machine. <laughs> no, you know the best by the pool, but you really ain't going to last but an hour is, uh, is uh, you go in and grab Snake handler. Yeah, grab some snake handler, man. Snake handler's good by the pool. You'll be passed out in no time. It's good. God. Oh. <laughs> Love I told you that story, didn't I? Snake, uh-uh, I went that? up to the Lusa and grabbed a growler. It was for the uh, the opener for uh, the football season. It was the Auburn Oregon game. Oh wow, yeah, you were you were starting your day with a snake handler. Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, like, we were splitting it amongst three of us, and so yeah. the other two guys were not IPA folks. Yeah, and I told them I was like, take it slow, because I was like, y'all y'all don't do IPAs or like Miller, Michelob, Bud Light type. Lord. And after they learned one, quick. <laughs> after one, they got another, and that was enough. And I, was yeah. like, I told you. <laughs> and it's like, how are you fine? And I was like, tolerance. Yeah, yeah. You build it up over time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's steak handler. That's a son of a gun. But I mean, that's a good beer for me anytime. Um, but I mean, I've been, I'm seasoned, I guess. You know, when it comes to IPA drinking. The and first this, this time I had gravity. it, man. Remember, it was the uh, first time I met the Druid City Dames. We were at the. Uh, uh, I think it was the Druid City Art Fest. Yeah, back early, early this year, maybe back in the spring. When you were there with uh, with Munson. Munson, yeah. And um, I had walked off. I think I was walking over there to the pizza place. It was you and your son. Y'all were uh, mm-hmm. heading over that way to grab yep. a bite to eat, and you was like, "They got snake handler in there." Yeah, because I went in. We were coming out because I had a snake handler. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. my thing wasn't like I don't know how you read my mind, but like it was the first time I'd ever worked a festival with Munson. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was having Munson and Brothers. Let's yeah. go ahead and Munson give and them a good plug. Good. So it's your apothecary here in Columbus, Mississippi. Mindfully made, we got your beard oils and balms and soaps, lotions, body balms, mosquito repellent. We got to get something to get that uh, Alabama Mississippi State bird off of you, <laughs> and it works great. <laughs> and uh, there's your plug for the show. We're at the Barnes Crossing Tupelo Mall. Come see us, and I will uh, throw my invisible lasso around you and try to bring you in just don't throw it away like that one dude did <laughs> i heard tell of this tell me about this invisible lasso dude, thing yeah 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 yeah. so uh like at the festivals it goes over fairly well and it's usually ryan doing it but like what i got the sunday gig up at the mall and yeah. like I, i'm i've been flying solo i got my brother helping me now so that's a lot of fun but yeah um it was the second time i was up there i told ryan i was like it just seems like the weirder i get the more people I can attract 
and like the more people are prone to buy something because it's crazy to me but think about this when you're walking through the mall and you see those guys with the booths like just walking down like really you re- do you really want to be catcalled and hounded by them yeah no no absolutely no. not, not and so that's my mindset but dude i'm here to sell something and if i see a beard like well i've got to do something yeah yeah so I'll just say the most erroneous thing. I was like, dude, that is a great face jacket. And immediately he's like, never heard it put like that. And I'd be like, hey, get over here, man. I think i got something for you. Or then every now and then if I see somebody like from far off, I'll yeah. get their attention. I'll be doing this. And everybody just picture like the lasso. And I'll just <laughs> sling it his way. And he's and like sometimes like they'll, you know, put their arms in like no, that. No, really? And, That's and then cool. I'll be like, you know, just pulling them in. And they're just like, so what is it? And we got this coffee cup. It's, a, it's got a picture of a beard, and it's got arrows pointing up, and it says, excuse me, ladies, but my eyes are up here. <laughs> and so what I, what I tell them, especially if they have their girlfriend with them, and I'll, I'll let the girlfriend hold it, and I'll be like, we're just, I'm out here at the mall today. I'm just trying to teach women a little something about respect. You know, we're just trying to make eye contact. I need you to, I need you to look me in the eye. Yeah. You know, and by that time, we're all laughing and having a good time, and I was like, yeah. well, uh, Let's check out some of these products. And so it, it makes it easier to make a sale. And so the weirder, sure. the better. And So you're up there with like a little growler, a snake handler. <laughs> I would, no, I wish. It'd be nice. But yeah. like the, the first festival I worked, I, I told that's what I told Ryan. I was like, I'm having a hard time connecting. I'm going to go over. I was heading over there. To, I was going to get a double shot or like whatever I could do. I was like, I just need to limber up and loosen up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And you told me about that snake handler. So I was like. Give me a shot of your cheapest whiskey and give me a snake handler. Yeah. And I took the shot and drank the snake handler. And, like, from then on, I was like, loosey-goosey. Loosey-goosey. Hey, I'm ready to sell some stuff now. What you want to know, player? What you want? (laughs) I got you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's usually the the route I go with the festivals. Can't really do that in the mall, but. Sure, sure, yeah. So, Very cool. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack us, but, no, but I, you were saying Munson, and I want to make yeah. sure everybody knew Munson. Yeah, yeah so come brothers. see me on a Sunday at uh, Barnes Crossing Mall if you're around the Tupelo area, and I'll uh, throw a rope around you. <laughs> or try to teach you a little something about respect. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes are up here, ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's one thing I'm envious of, man. I cannot grow a full beard. That, I uh, wish I could, man. I would grow one to my teeth. I would sell, I would double my sales if I could lie. Because most of the people that stop by, um, the first question, and you know, it might be like a 18, 19 to, you know, maybe a 30 year old, just kind of patchy and it won't fill in. And they'd be like, I've heard about these oils. So it'll, it'll help growth and fill in. And I was like, I don't sell miracles. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'll be honest with you. It'll condition the hair. It'll moisturize the skin. It does not promote growth. It just makes it look great and smell great. And it won't be itchy, and you won't have dandruff on your shirt. Yeah. And that's it. And they was like, it doesn't help growth. And I was like, everyone else saying that, they're putting something else in it, or they're that's, lying that's to you. That's snake oil salesman, yeah. And I was like, and that's what I tell them. And they yeah. was like, but look at these bottles. And I was like, that's just kind of the aesthetic. You know, we yeah. like these bottles. It's part of what we do. But I was like, I can't, I'm not going to lie to you. Because you're going to go home, put it on, and you're not going to have hair. And then you'll be like, that redheaded guy just sold me a lie. Yeah, sure. I, was like, I don't want to lie to you. Yeah. So, that's that. Yeah. Uh, it won't promote cool. growth. Very cool. So, what were we talking about before? Brittany Howard. Brittany Howard, that's right. <clears throat> How we even got off in the rabbit yeah, hole beard. I mean. <laughs> but I guess the... Thank you, Terrapin. Yes, Terrapin. 
Good for a good uh, So we're talking albums. Sidetrack. Yes. I got to throw this plug out there. All right. And uh, I didn't catch the show, but I, sh- I saw a video. Uh, Taylor Hollinsworth playing with a beer bottle. Mm-hmm. I'm always a fan of that. Yeah. Using it as a slide. Taylor Hollingsworth playing a fucking baking pan with some chopsticks. I'd probably go see I'd that. I'd probably go see that. You yeah. know I mean? It's Taylor Hollingsworth. So that's what I want to say is Tap Dancing Daddy, that, that goes down with uh, one of my favorite albums of the year. I play I, it on the show all the time. If you're a listener, you're yeah. like, yeah, I know who he is. I would I would agree with it. And and I need to get in touch with Taylor because he needs to send me some some more tracks off of that record. Um, I've just got the first release off of it. It's all I've got. And it's just kind of, and I get inundated with so much stuff every week. I mean, you know, 70, 80 songs a week, I get pushed in front of me, you know. So sometimes I kind of forget the local stuff, but uh, Taylor Hollingsworth sent me some more stuff, man. When you get it, I'll tell you what track to play. Uh-oh, which one? Play Ava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or um, I really like Mermaid Miracles right now. Yeah. I've been digging that one. Man, I can't get off of Westphalia on the other yeah. record, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's that whole record there, Dude, man. I love that opening line. Because um, when we saw him, you and I together, when we saw him at Sunstroke, yeah. he didn't have the new record out yet. Tap Dancing Daddy uh-huh. hadn't come out yet, so we were it. unable to buy it. But yeah. dang it, man. Oh, yeah, I just walked I'm, away with a copy of Westphalia that night. Yeah, oh, yeah. Or it was Life of a Slow Ear, but Westphalia yeah, is yeah. track two yeah. on it. But. Yeah, because right when he picked up the guitar, we were sitting by each other. Yeah. And he said, this cat can play. And then he started that starting lick for Westphalia, mm-hmm. and I, I thought my jaw dropped to the floor, and I thought <laughs> my eyes popped out, and I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. This cat can play. Taylor is, I mean, there's just something, there's something, and I know he says that he learned how to play guitar so well because he can't sing or something. There's something about his guitar playing and his vocals and the music and the beat and everything that just feels comfortable. It's just so there's something about it that just like my body just or my brain just goes. It's right. It's, it feels so good. I just freaking love listening to it, man. That's it, dude. I love uh, like, even with with Dead Fingers. Yeah. Same stinking way. Yeah. Exactly. Rings around Saturday. Yep. That, oh that, my it, gosh. that album. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which I mean, it's not a 2019, but it's still check that out. Yes, check out. Just Google Taylor Hollingsworth and listen to everything. You should. Yeah. It's good for you. So you saw the Sweet Dog uh, Hollingsworth thing the other night, right? Yeah. 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 No, I, was, I didn't make that show. Oh, that's the one you were talking yeah. about you didn't make. Yeah, okay. I, sh- I shot him. A, I shot Taylor a text. I was like, when are you going on? He said, I'm not sure. It's probably going to be around midnight. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, uh, yeah. You texted me that. Yeah. Like, shit. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, it was a school night. <laughs> it was, was a, a Saturday night. It was Saturday night? Yeah. What's wrong? Oh, man. Well, I had to be at the mall the next day. Well, then it was technically a school night then, because you had to get go to work next day. Yeah, we'll call it a school yeah. night. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It probably would have been out of there by two. I don't know how late Egan's closes or I would guess by two. Oh, Egan's? Shit, I'm sure they stepped three or four. And they, they probably played that. Used to. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Taylor there acoustic, or not acoustic. He was um, he was electric, but he was by himself one time at Egan's. Um uh, yeah, man. And there was like nobody there. It was weird. This is like four or five years ago now when Egan's was under the old ownership and, you know, still the same old place. But that, uh, some of my most memorable shows, man, of this year would be, um, like what you're talking about, like an artist that should be known. Mm-hmm. And it should be 
completely packed, and there'd be like five people there, and yeah. I'm one of the yeah. five, and I'd be like, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like this because he's not he's not worth this. He's, wor- he's worth way more. Yeah. But I'm, not, I'm about to have a great time. I ain't got to put up with everybody fucking talking. Uh-huh. I just sit sure. back and chill. Yeah. Was that, that Sarah Shook show was this year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. At Sunstroke? It was. I mean, and I think earlier this year, Jamie Nettles and I went up to... Proud Larry's. Proud Larry's and saw Sarah Shook, and there were literally 12 people there. The opening act canceled. Sarah had to do two sets. How'd she take it? I mean, they did well. I mean, but they're playing to 12 people. You know how... I mean, they still gave it, gave it their, you know, most of their all, you know? But I mean, you got twelve people listening. It's like just just want to get it over with at this point, you know. Get my check and go on. Yeah. You know, because I mean, how many records am I going to sell? If I sell twelve records, sure, that's twelve records. But you know, if there was a room full of people, maybe you'd sell a whole lot more. You know. I don't know. But Sarah, I mean, I, she's solid, man. That whole band, everything about them, um, that's like one of my. I mean, I, they literally fall into my top ten favorite bands. I really want to see her again. I can't say that. I would say maybe uh, top 25. Yeah. I, I got to see it again. Yeah. Because the, the first time I saw it, it was great. Yeah. But the first time I saw it, I was like, I, I got pretty bent. It was a sunstroke. Yeah. You know, and that's uh, talking about other shows. I mean, this year we saw Taylor Hollingsworth and Brad Armstrong at Sunstroke House. We did. That was Then a I caught Taylor again. Uh, I caught him again. At uh, shout out Bo Hicks at Druid City Brewing. Yep, yep. That was a better show. Taylor had his electric. Yeah. And I enjoyed that a whole lot more. And they had the drummer with him? He did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you, there's a show coming up. Um, and that was another great show this year um, Preacher Van, a band that I play on, uh, Indies Only. I really uh, enjoyed Preacher Van. Yeah. Preacher Van, they put on a great show at Druid City Brewing Company. Shout out to Bo and Elliot. Um, yeah, and but- Tyler and everybody else over there, uh, Kevin. Oh, yeah. But um, Preacher Van is supposed to come back on the 14th of December. Um, they ended up having a scheduling conflict, so they're not going to be there, but I will let you know. I tried to they're, get a pony out there. They're, oh, that would be awesome. Pony solid. But uh, Preacher Van will be back at Druid City Brewing Company, but keep listening to Indies only. Saturday nights, 9 Club to midnight, time. Central Standard Time. You can download the Alt 1017 app or you can go to alt1017.com, click listen live if you're out of town and check the show out 9 till midnight Central Time every Saturday night. I approve that message. Monday through Friday, uh, shit on the morning, so because it's a shit talk <laughs> show. Don't start listening until they play music. I'm trying to get that shit show out of this, <laughs> out of the radio. I fucking hate that show. Everybody's got their opinions, man. As long as you love Indies Only, I'm happy as a pig in shit. <laughs> indies Only is my favorite part of the show. And I started listening to uh, Meg Summers' uh, Sunday Mornings. Man. Oh, man. Yo, solid. She does well. See, for the longest time, because you have Porch Talk, she has Front Porch Radio, I would get the two confused. I think one time you and I were talking on this very podcast, and I said Front Porch Radio. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we can roll with that. Yeah, like I've heard people call it back porch, and I was like, you just whatever porch you want it, I don't care. Yeah, just talk yeah. about it. Yeah, about yeah. the side porch, man. Yeah. The one's just a little door with a. What about the wraparound? <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. 
the best kind. With this the is big, just porch top. With the big swings. You can have it on the front of the bag. The so what's coming up in 2020 for, 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 uh, for see, I almost did it, for uh, Porch Talk? 2020? Yeah. What are, you look, what are you looking to do? What are you, what are you hoping to, who are you hoping to have on? Like, who's your, all right, so let me guess you this. Who's your dream guest on this show? Dream guest? Dream guest. Oh, dude. Can I give you like five? Sure. Hit me. As long as one of them's been from Lucero. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Go. Definitely put that on there. Like, I, I love Memphis. I'd love to have him on. I can't find that circle. Yeah. Mm-mm. As much as I've been in Memphis, I don't even know where that circle starts. Well, he, Ben, ben lives in Ohio. Okay. He doesn't live in Memphis anymore. Um, Brian Venable, he's right there on, on what he's always calling it, Wilford Street. Um, so he, he tags himself on Instagram at his house all the time, and you can drive <laughs> right up to his house. <laughs> so you can get that circle. I mean, I don't know how much Brian Venable would appreciate you walking up to his house. I wouldn't do that to you. You know, while he's hanging out on the front porch, but yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, um, I mean, before I like go off into the five, and I can give you five right off the top, is yeah. like, I just want 2019, man, I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that we can be sitting down and having an untapped and final. Man, I'm glad you're on the show. I appreciate you and on, having me on. On top of that, man, like uh, just the love for the show. Like I can't tell you, like just the people reaching out. Like when I go out to the princess or um, the phone calls and texts, emails, or like just folks writing about the show. Mm-hmm. That's usually one of the first things they're asking about. Is like when's the next Untapped? Yeah. And so this show means a lot, not only to me, but just to the folks out there listening. Like. They love this. Yeah. Well. And so. Uh, I appreciate let's you. Keep this like going. letting me be a part of it, man. Cheers. Cheers. To that. But um, I've, I've been I've been thinking, man, um, and this would roll into like some more of my favorite albums of the year. But um, I'd be cool with Patrick Carney, um, of yeah. Black Keys. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Arbach too. Like, like I'm a guitarist, so it'd be cool to talk to Dan. But it seems like Patrick is the talker. Yeah. Of the band. Um, I know you're not so much, but I, I really like Jim James. Sure. Yeah, I got nothing against Duke. I think that would be dope. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> as far as like not liking, I just, like, it's not your style. I guess yeah. is what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, band of Horses. Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, four... And a lot of them, man, it's hard to say, man, because as, as the doors keep flying open, I mean, I don't know which way it's going to go, but, like, I don't want to just do music. Um, I'd like to have an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't know who I'd want to talk to. It'd probably be, like, Paul Rudd, just because he seems, like, super chill. Yeah, your show would turn political real quick then. Yeah, um, man. I mean, so, so, I mean, it's it's been real cool to be a part of this. I appreciate you thinking about me. I mean, how, I was trying to think the other night. It's like, when did this come up? Did you just ask me to do it, and then we just had a conversation about drinking beer? Oh, because I was talking about starting a podcast where all we did was drink beer, and then I decided, I was like, well, I'm not going to do a podcast. You're like, well, I'm starting one. Let's you and I drink beer. And yeah. I think that's how I got started. Is that right? Or I'm trying to think like how we got Introduce. Okay, so the first show I went to was Soren Bryce. Yep. That was the first night I met you. Yep. And I had interviewed Jamie about a month before to introduce the Sunstroke House. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know if that was going to lead to having Sunstroke Artists on. Mm-hmm. But it, that wasn't even on my mind. It was just capturing Jamie because I thought that was awesome. 
I didn't know if it would lead to that. Yeah. And it did. And so, like, after we had, after I had sat down with Soren, um, we talked again. And I was like, yeah, I just had a podcast with Soren. And he was like, I wanted to start a podcast. Yeah. I was like, well, cool, man. I've got one. Yeah. And I didn't know if you were if you were taking the bait or not. And I was like, well, and we talked, I did. And he was like, well, it's just going to be like talking and drinking beer, talking music, drinking beer. And I was like, yeah. dude, that's perfect for my format. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we? Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of how it developed. And it took like a couple of months. Like I had had like, I don't know, two or three more Sunstroke artists on. And then like one day, I think you were just at a point to where like, fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. I mean, I've enjoyed every one of them, man. It's, you know, it's, I mean, it's like finding time at the end of a day, but then, you know, when you think about it, you sit down and you go, well, fuck, I was planning to sit home and drink beer when I got home from work anyway. So why not have Alan over? <laughs> Let's yeah. just drink beer. And at least I don't have to be the, the lonely old yeah. fucker, you know, drunk on his couch by himself. But we'll you know, talk it's like, about right. something that we like. Yeah. While we're you know, it. and get to talk about music too, you know, and, and I mean, it's been really cool. Like the times we've had like Sammy, wild on and we've been able to talk about you know my experiences in radio and my experiences announcing roller derby and and all the other stuff that i get into you know it's kind of cool too it's really weird because like when i was a kid i would interview myself you know i was really into um at that time david letterman was like the big he was the cool one um when i was a teenager you know so i would stay up late and watch david letterman's Mm -hmm. show uh some like on friday nights or whatever um, and so I found myself like when I started getting into a band, uh, cause I sang in, uh, punk bands growing up, um, mm-hmm. in high school, through high school. And, and, um, I, I would always interview myself kind of maybe in my own head. I wouldn't even do it out loud. You know, I would just like ask myself questions and how I would answer them if they were David Letterman asked them to me or whatever, you know? Yeah. So it was really cool to get the whole podcast thing going on because for years I sat behind a radio microphone and I interviewed hundreds of artists sure and it was completely this is completely different it's like i'm kind of being interviewed in a sense you know um or at least we're just we're talking about shit that's relevant to my life you know it's so it's like i interview you you interview me it's a a a toss out thing it's really cool you know a lot of like a lot of people say like with these episodes and like with some of the others it's like i'm fighting off trying to like talk to my radio or to my headphones while yeah. I'm listening because I want to interject. Like, they almost feel like they're here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's, it's kind of a, it's a beautiful accidental thing almost. Yeah. It's kind of a back and forth. Yeah, I mean, and it, it was, I mean, it was, it was completely natural from the get-go. The chemistry, chemistry that you and I had on the microphone, I think it's kind of relaxed and grown into something a little more over the course sure. of the last year or so, you know, because I don't know when the first show was, the first episode was. Uh, oh, you can pull it out. We need yeah. another beer, though. Yeah, it would have been back in probably, I would guess, around March, man. Ah, yeah. All right, we're going to go for one of my favorite Terrapin. Um, the, uh, this is the Up High IPA. You got a different one. Yeah, well, no, I'm not, I'm not, that just happened to want to be what I pulled out of the thing. This is a, actually, this is not the High Five or whatever it is. This is the Hopped Up High. So this is a hopped up high five. I would imagine that's what they're telling me from Terrapin. The high five is like a just a session uh, IPA, I believe, and it's one of my favorites. Um, so I'm really, really ready to see what this one's got. I got to check this in on Untapped too. It's good. I had one as a roadie. Oh no! Whoops! Whoops! 
Alan always making the messes. Always gotta get the sound of that in there. Get you a little. <gasps> oh no! Watch your head. Yep. Yeah. I remember it's a funny story. I had no clue. I was uh, probably 12, 13 years old. Um, I used to spend all my summers in Alexandria, Virginia. And my aunt, Sharon, and Uncle Bill would would take me um, to, because I was, I was a little older, so I was able to like watch their two young girls whenever they went out one night, you know, mm-hmm. my cousins. Um, and so they would come, and, and we'd go to Ocean City, Maryland for the weekend. And we'd hang out and do things, you know, one night they'd go out for a couple hours and then come back or whatever. Well, I went walking the boardwalk one day and I went and found my father a gift. It was a little button that went, he ended up keeping it on the visor in his car, but it said beer drinkers get more head. And I was just a kid and I knew that head was on a beer. (laughs) And my father, he was like, he died yeah, laughing. Son. He died laughing. Hell yeah! <laughs> and it like it stayed there for years. And I guess it didn't dawn on me till I knew what that actually. Well, I was like, I bought my dad that pin. He still had it there ten years later. Yeah. You know, or whatever until that vehicle died or whatever. But beer drinkers get more head. <laughs> I thought it was yeah okay. I mean, I guess it could be talking about both. Sure. Yeah. Mm, sure. Let's we'll go that. Let's go there right Roll tide. <laughs> yeah, roll tide on that. Well, man, I'll, I'll sit back in the albums just for a second. I did want to bring this back up. We talked about it in the past when it dropped, but I, I did want to fail to mention Gary Clark Jr. He dropped an album at the beginning of the year that I thought was special. I yes. Thought, I thought it was extremely relevant for the time period, and I thought it was something worth listening. And if you haven't heard it yet, uh, check it out. What was uh, the name of the song? This, because that was the episode that you and, and Sammy and I were on, and sh- you guys just raved on that record, and I listened to it like five times, just cranking it. I want to say, um, this, is, uh, this is my land. Yeah, this land, this land is my land. That's the, the, the name of the album is This Land. Um, and so, I mean, it's just about the, um, you know, when I when I think about those kind of things and listeners, when you when you pull the album up and listen to it, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. We don't have to go into it, but it's something that I've been, you know, trying to wrap my mind around since I've started doing the podcast to make it more aware. Is like, what a like what are we doing? Like other than talking, I mean, I don't even where do we begin to make it better? You can't, you can't, you, you can't talk it into existence. You got to work it into existence. You've got to use your actions. You've got to tell as many people as possible. You've got to be yeah. active. You've got to, um, you know, I really don't know. I mean, cause if there was a, a straightforward answer, it wouldn't exist. You know, we'd be able to fight it, but <clears throat> sitting around doing nothing, you know, listening to songs about it, not having that conversation with someone. And so I think it's hard to bring up, but I think it's worth having. Yeah. And uh, I just, I just wanted to bring that album up. You know, I mean, there are differences in generations and things you're grown, you're, you're taught. Yeah. There are things you're taught, things you you learn, 
And everything I think that you learn can be unlearned, um, especially given compassion in your heart. If you've got that in there already, everything you've learned that's bad that you you know is it's not right. It's I mean, fuck whether it's PC or not. It's just whether it's morally right. It's not whether a PC thing with me. I don't I don't I mean, give, I don't give two fucks about exactly PC. exactly. But it's morally right that you don't call someone outside of their name. It's you know that's just it's an obligation as a fellow human to not mistreat someone by calling them a name or shaming them in some way. You know, um, I think you can unlearn those things. And I think the way we can combat it is by being proactive. And when we hear somebody call them out, you know, call them out on it, you know, or or talk to them about it. Why, why do you do that? You know, I mean, I know, and I'm not going to name any kind of names, but I've had people in my past that I've had to have conversations with older people from me, and I know they grew up learning one thing and they heard certain things. And, yeah, man. You know, I mean, I'm trying to be as uh, 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 vague as possible, you know. But, I mean, there's certain words you just shouldn't call people, you know. There's no need to call out a person's race, sexual orientation, religious beliefs, anything in a conversation. You know, it, oh, this Christian I was talking to the other day. No, this person I was talking to the other day, this human, this fellow human. Yeah. And no color to him, no nothing. There's no need to include that in the story. Mm-hmm. Whether he's got a beard or not, there's no need to tell everybody he's got a beard. He's a damn dude. That's it, Just man. like me, you know. That's it. That's so. it, man. But I, I wanted to bring that up. That, that, that was one of the stand-up albums to me for the year for that reason. Please and do check it out because Gary I Clark had not. Jr.'s this land. I had not listened to that song, nor the record before you and Sammy brought it up. I was, I was, it just melted me, man. It was just they like, wow. played it on ninety nine point nine like a couple of times, and I have not heard it <laughs> since. Like it got like taken off, or I don't yeah. know, maybe it still plays, and I'm just not listening at the right sure, time. Sure, sure. I don't know, man. Like that album meant a lot, but Gary Clark Jr. means a lot because. Um, He's a hell of a blues guitarist. Yeah, oh, man, yes. And he's a rock and roller son. He can do it. Um, I'm glad he's around. Yeah. Um, from bands that have been around for some time that I want to bring up that are worth bringing up, they, these are not their best albums. So now we're just talking about coolest records and shit now. Yeah. Okay, where well, we're on, let's go. Yeah. Um, just because I, I love them, and it's back to Patrick Carney and Dan Arbach. The Let's Rock. And the reason this album is so cool, it had been near a decade. Is that the most recent record? 2019. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah, dropped yeah, a month yeah. ago. Yeah. The Let's Rock album. There were rumors among fans and like everybody was buying into it and the circle jerk was like just getting bigger and bigger. The Black Keys are no more. Because Dan Arbach had the arcs yeah. and he was also doing a solo project. And he had, he had just put out... Um, four months ago his solo project album the second one which is fucking stupid good <laughs> holy shit waiting on a song yeah you've yeah. got it's just him like the album covers him kicking leaves uh, dude that dude it's a fucking banger okay I will check it out man I got the Spotify going here but now. um and then Patrick Corney entered into a different band and right when I saw Patrick Corney enter into a new band I was like Black Keys are dead. Like, I posted that. You, you, you and I talked about it here on the podcast, and then, like, two weeks later, they scheduled this tour with <laughs> yeah. repeat, repeat and shit. Yeah. yeah. Who, who else were they pulling on tour with them? Uh, I think it was, like, oh, shit. Don't yeah, Modest Mouse. Modest Mouse. Yes, I yes, say yes, it was yes. This, uh, but Let's Rock, um, 
it is not their best album, but like the thing about that album was like the satire and the parody they put on it because like a lot of it is because of like every like they knew what everybody was saying. Mm-hmm. And it was like they were almost making fun of what yeah, they were yeah. saying. And that's why I love it so much. <laughs> now, Brothers, to me, is probably one of the best albums. And it, I would go back um, to... Um, oh, Magic Potion. I really like yep, that album, yep. too. Um, I've been a fan of the Black Keys for a long time now. Um, I'm excited. This is not a this year album, but I'm just uh, speculating... And this is not me looking it up, but this is just me um, forecasting Shooting it. from the hip. Band of Horses is going to drop an album next year. Well, that would be cool. I would totally love to hear a new Band of Horses record. I think it's going to come next year. It's due. They've been doing a four-year increment, and 2016 was the last drop. They did a 2006, 2007, 2012, 2016. And like when they the 2007 album dropped, the tour became heavy. 2012, the touring got heavier. 2016, touring even got heavier. You're so I'm on thinking, them, man. Tw- that's, my, that's my band. That's, know, that's, that's my Lucero. That's, that's your Lucero. That's my yeah, Lucero. Exactly, yeah. 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 And so I'm thinking 2020 is like, I'm going to get some more horses. <laughs> and I'm ready. Well, I'm going to get uh, probably 2020. I know I'm probably going to get another Lucero record. Um, that Among the Ghosts record uh, that came out this year. Thank I mean, you when I, when I heard you. it, um, when I heard it at first, <clears throat> it was different for me because, you know, when I came, I came in kind of late on the Lucero game. So I had to do a lot of cramming, a lot of, you know, and, and mostly all I got was sad, lonely drinking songs, heartbroke, you know, um, mm-hmm. by the wayside kind of shit. And then all of a sudden I'm introduced to like two records, uh, among the ghosts. And then, I mean, that live in Atlanta record, we're not going to count that, but among the ghosts and, <clears throat> all a man should do. Then I get dad records and I'm like, what the fuck, you know, it's a little strange for me. So the among the ghost thing, and I think it's a lot of, um, you know, we tour a lot, so we're really kind of getting worn down. We're missing our families. So we're out here among the ghosts. I mean, every song kind of, I mean, there's some little variations of that, but, but I think I, I kind of got used to after the first couple listens, this is one of the, that's a, one of my favorite records this year. You know, I, I don't, even if I, I mean, I know I'm the biggest Lucero fan I know, but even if I wasn't, I could say that about that record. I'm not just blowing smoke up the record's ass because it's Lucero, you know? You're not. Um, when I was um, first heard of Lucero, it was Drink Tour Gone, Tears Don't Matter Much, you know, mm-hmm. the older stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as they progressed, it turned into what you said, dad rock. Still loved them, just couldn't relate. Yeah. Still listen. Sure. But when Among the Ghosts come out, picked them back up yeah. and could listen like that that was like a multi like it, it multifaceted it could reach a lot of people sure like for sure. the most part I, I think it like it was hitting you where it couldn't hit me because I'm, I'm not at that point in my life yeah yeah and like you said your, your point of like liking Lucero was like it's almost like they're writing my story like they're right there beside yeah, me yeah yeah they're doing it as I'm doing it yeah you know um and I think this is probably one of the most well-produced records and also Ben is growing into his voice, you know, because you listen to like, you know, drink till we're gone, you know? Oh, that was almost the, trash. It's like, you know, drink till we're gone. He's like, yeah. really wild. Un- yeah. You know, but, you, but yeah, but you like, you listen to, you listen to like, well, look at the progression of Jim Morrison and the doors, 
you know, he had a kid's voice when he first started. Then by the end, you know, he's like sitting on a toilet, you know, going, I've been down so goddamn long. You know, it's this big full man yeah. voice, you know, yeah. and it's like, wow. And it's like I Ben did. and the guys have grown into the, what they are. They've been doing it for over 20 years now, you yeah. know. If it wasn't for Cabo, I wouldn't be a Doors fan. Yeah, uh, it's one of my, I mean, the Lucero and the Doors. Two of like, my uh, favorite bands. I used to cut the radio all for Change the Channel right when I heard a door song. And then yeah. I started hanging out with Cobb. Yeah. And we watched that documentary with, yeah. uh, with oh, Jim. Yes. And um, I started listening to the doors again. And he's like, Cobb told me, he's like, you don't like Riders of the Storm? You don't like, he would start naming off tracks. And I was like, holy shit, I do. And then I, I would go and listen to more doors and more doors, and I was like, well, the door's open. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I do like the doors. I think I love the doors. When the doors of perception are cleansed, everything will appear as it truly is infinite. There you go. Have you, um, like, um, do you have a record player? Mm-hmm. All right, so keep talking. Entertain. I got a record for you. We're I'm entertaining you. We're pulling out a record. Yes. Big shout out to Terrapin from Athens, Georgia, for uh, the sampler that we're partaking of tonight. Monson and Brothers plugs again. Also, if you have not already, listen to Black Betty. Um, it's a phenomenal work. Check that out. Now, all right, I got a record. I'm going to let you borrow. It says on the record, uh, it says buyer's <laughs> discretion advised. Rated X, not suitable for airplay. I bought this record over at Scooter's Records um, in Starkville. And this is a Jimi Hendrix live recording. And on. High, live, and dirty. Yes. And on vocals is Jim Morrison. What? Yes. Drunk as a Cooter Brown. He's not on every track, but Jim Morrison is on there. You can tell it's him. It's he and Hendrix live in concert. <laughs> And it is foul in some points, what Jim's saying. Five songs. Yep. So take that. Check that out. Take <laughs> care of it because I spent stupid money for it. And honestly, it's hard to listen to because okay. it is a bootleg live recording. Yeah. Um, but yeah, High Live and Dirty Hendrix <clears throat> with Jim Morrison on a couple tracks. Actually, I think he's only on one side. And I'm not sure what side that is. Well, there's three on one, two on the other. Yeah. No, no, no. F-H-I-T-A. Okay. When you... This the side A, first song, F-H-I-T-A. Okay. You'll know exactly what that stands for the minute you cut it on because Jim Morrison <laughs> starts screaming. F or in the... <laughs> and so that is what it, it is a crazy a yes it is a crazy record but do check that out brother <laughs> hurt me a little bit you yeah. didn't say Oz but oh well no I did not I didn't find that at Oz I mean Scooters is a solid little place too man it was really cool the first time this is not a paid endorsement but it should be the first time I went into Scooters Records yeah um, there like, he has the best collection of used music that I've heard of, you know, cause you, you go to these used record stores all the time and half the shit you've never heard of, uh-huh. you know what I mean? But almost everything I, I, I'd heard of them, you know, it's like, what the damn, you know, I'm He's not got a good collection. Yes, oh my gosh. I mean, he curates like a son of a gun, you know? Yeah. yeah so good stuff over there. And I'm not, you know, no, Oz is my spot, you know, 
over in Tuscaloosa, solid. Jason yeah. and everybody over there at Oz. That's the only I place I shop at. I mean, I've got records coming out my ears from both places. So yeah, if I yeah. don't get it directly from the artist, I get it from Oz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you, you can't get it from Oz, they can order it for you too. That's it. Damn good order. They've done a lot of ordering for me yep. over the past. Well, there you go, man. That's something we could talk about next time you come over. <laughs> High, live, and dirty. Jimi Hendrix it. and Jim Morrison live in concert. Well, man, anything else to go over? Man, I, I don't know. Man, I don't know. We're not going to get into this fourth beer. Um, just don't believe I'm going to be able to do it right now. But I will say that this Up High IPA is my favorite of the bunch. I like the Senor Crunkles. All right. Let's close it out like this. Um, if you were to give... I'm not going to put a number on number on it. For those out there, who would you recommend right now? We've gave a lot of great plugs. You can replug them. Who would you recommend listening to right now here at the end of the show? Of people we've talked about during this show. Just in general, or it could be that way. Like, what's crazy is, like, they've asked, they was like, make a list so I'm going to post this. Like, everything we've talked about music-wise, I'm going to yeah. post those artists. Yep. All right. So I'm going to give you a little small list. Okay. I'm going to say Taylor Hollingsworth. That was top runner Listen for me. to Taylor Hollingsworth. Listen to Pony Bradshaw. Thank you. That album came out this year. Yes, it did. Sudden Opera. Yes, it did. Sudden Opera. Listen to that. You'd be a damn fool not to. <laughs> um... I would also say listen to Lucero, but that's just because that's what that's me. I would me. say that's, listen to Band of Horses. That's the way I'm geared. Um, man, I mean, there's been listen to Anna Tibble. Um, listen to that new record by Brandy Carlisle. I know we haven't ever talked about that on the show before. Listen to the new Alexandra Savior record. The Interrupters. The Interrupters. Roll Tide. Yes, Interrupters for sure. But I mean, right off the bat, the first names that come to me definitely Taylor Hollingsworth. Um, just a spectacular person, human being, Love but Taylor. then also a Love great musician. Um, Pony Bradshaw and Lucero. Three? Yep. And Brandy Carlisle, The Joke. You took two of my three. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say, listen to Black Betty. Yep. That's Joshua Cosby of Star Massey. I'm going to say, check out Jeremy Stanfill. He also played in Star Massey. But uh, Jeremy's been a part of a lot of things. Jeremy's been in the the Memphis music scene for years. And um, his album, Somewhere Between Me and You, is one of my favorite albums of all time. Well, I'm definitely checking it out then. That is a hell of an album. That is a singer-songwriter album. Yeah. It's got some harmonica, and Jeremy can write. And Jeremy, he'll write the way that I, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Well, cool. Check that out. I'm on it. And, um... Golly, I mean... <laughs> I, I, I would Lily Hyatt, I guess you know. Yeah, I mean Lily Hyatt. <laughs> you can't go wrong there. No, no. And you know, and I'll go back to one I talked about earlier. Please check out Iguana Death Cult. For one, one of the coolest fucking band names ever. Come on, 
Iguana Death Cult. Shit. That's a cool... That's a dope name. (laughs) Shit. Like, I want to start a little cult called Iguana Death Cult. You know? I mean, we don't have to sing songs. I've got to send you some tracks from uh, Night Surf. Yes, please do. Please do. Sir, if you got some music you want to send me, so send Mm -hmm. me that shit. I got two tracks I want to send you. Okay. Um, Cover My Eyes and Skeleton. Okay. Send them to me. I'll get them on. Will do. And... I don't know if it'll work. I'm going to send you uh, some Jeremy Stanfield tracks. Yes, please do. The, oh, Will Johnson. Oh, damn it. Will Johnson. Damn it. Damn it. That new record. Like, all right, so I got the record. Um, I'm sorry, but I don't recall the name of the record off the top of my head. It's the new I don't Will either. Johnson record. I don't either. Uh, Will it's Johnson good, from it's Central slow. Matic. It's so slow. I could not play. I played one song uh, a couple times on Indies Only. But, like, if I had, you know, like, um, Meg Summers, if I had her show on Sunday mornings, be playing the shit out of that record, you know? Yeah. But it is such a phenomenal record. Dude is a great songwriter. Like I say, he just joined Jason Isbell in Athens. Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't say enough about songwriting. Because Jason Isbell is a good songwriter. Yes. But Will Johnson's been out and around longer than he has. Oh, yeah. And he's been Centromatic, doing... traumatic, yeah. He's... he's can't say enough about Will. He's a great guy. Yeah, he is. And so, a heck of an artist, too. So glad I got to meet him. He's also a damn artist and a writer. He writes good and he draws good. Yeah. I've got his Evil Can Evil art on my wall in yes, my bedroom. You do. <laughs> yes, you do. I've and got- it was it was the coolest thing too because he had run out of the prints. Um, and he mailed it to you. Yes, and I and I he said he said, Man, I'll I'll mail you one. I'm like, Okay, well cool, here's take this you know, it was ten bucks or whatever. Yeah. I was like, Here, take this money. He's oh no, man. I'm like, No, dude, you'll send it to me. Yeah. I know you will. And straight up, man, three, four yeah. weeks later when, when he got, got off back. tour, boom, there it was in my mailbox. Mm-hmm. So stand up Will Johnson. I yeah. appreciate that. He is a stand up guy. Love Will. Yep. Uh I think that's good, man. We'll sign off. Terrapin, thank you for Terrapin. Uh, what's you done? To us, Brewskis. Oh. Should we give Brewskis a shout out? Yeah, that came from Brewskis. Yeah. Brewskis and Starville. That now that's not a paid endorsement, but damn it, should be. Yeah, Brewskis. <laughs> Last time I went to you, your bar, and now I went to your store. <laughs> so uh, it's time to step up, or uh, I'll keep going back regardless. Probably shit or get off the pot. Yeah, as Mom always good. says. Yeah. Well, all right. Been another episode of Untapped and Vinyl. Monk, thank you so much. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, man. We're out of here. News and notes. Thank y'all so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would rate and review the show on whatever podcast app it is that you listen to on. Leave a comment. Subscribe. Tell a friend. Business as usual. Thank you so much if you've done it. And I really appreciate you taking the time. It doesn't, uh, doesn't take 10 seconds. As far as notes go, we've had notes all over the place, and I failed to mention Maria Taylor uh, just dropped a new album earlier this year, Louis Schifano. Uh He put out Opposite Side of the World. Go check those guys out. Taylor Hollinsworth's Tap Dancing Daddy, all that came out of Flyer Moon. And so uh, I encourage you to check out what Flyer Moon Records has going on out there in California and check out those artists. I told you that I would have... A list on our social media. It'll be on our Facebook page of all bands mentioned, all artists mentioned for this episode. I will have that up soon. So, once again, thank y'all so much for listening. I'm going to leave you with some Tony Bradshaw. We're going to play...
Shout out to Jamie. We're going to play Bad Teeth. I'm out of here. Peace out.
Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.